More and more badass women are joining the ranks as highly skilled construction professionals. Construction and renovation projects wouldn't happen without the skills of the various crews involved. As we all know, the skilled trades have been male-dominated for like forever. In this season, I'm highlighting the amazing women doing their thing in the construction sector. Every journey and every story is different, but they are all inspiring. Have a listen as I learn about their stories. Hello, and welcome once again to the All Things Renovation Wit Series podcast, where I'm using this platform to talk with amazing women who are doing their thing in the trade sector in hopes that A, people are listening, obviously, and B, that by shining a light on their stories, others will feel comfortable and maybe consider a trade or a career in the trades. And it's kind of one of those, if you see it, you can believe it, and then you know you could be it. So today I'm super excited to have Gabrielle uh, Hurley on the show. She is a Red Seal Carpenter, and she has her certificate in Occupational Health and Safety, the COHS. You know, there's tons of acronyms, and I always like trip over them. It's hilarious. Anyway, with a compliment of National Construction Safety Officer, and she has spent the last 14 years working on the road with her trade and currently works where she resides in the beautiful West Kootenays of Southern British Columbia. She recent, or sorry, recent and notable career highlights include the OHS Canada's 2022 Top 25 Under 40, as well as an award of Excellence in Safety and Service which is given to Gabrielle for her active leadership in contributing to the positive safety culture for a variety of clientele. When Gabrielle is not working towards the goal of sustainable safety culture, she enjoys the outdoors, team sports, public speaking, and community events. With a willingness to learn and grow, accompanying the acceptance of new challenges, her optimistic approach to work demands and complexities has proven to be a beneficial asset to her team, her community, and her life. So welcome to the show! Randy, thank you so much for that warm welcome. You know, I I love that, uh, you know, you're in the trades, but there's so many other things that you can be doing within it. And that bio just highlights a lot of that. So um, before we get into some of the extension of what you've been doing, I want to kind of back up a little bit and just get into like, why you got into the trades in the first place and why carpentry. So like maybe tell us a little bit of a background story as to how you kind of came to this place of carpentry and the trades in general. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. So I started my journey right out of high school, actually, um, which typically isn't what you see happening for women. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to be when I grew up. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, So my parents suggested that I get a trade because the ticket doesn't expire. Uh, And it allows me to make a great living while I decide what other avenues I'd like to go in for work and for my. So off I went at 17 years old to study carpentry. And I did that because my dad and my brother are also carpenters. Oh, nice. Hey, you know, if I need a hand, I can ask my family. Uh, My brother loaned me all the books. Uh, There was a great uh, program at the time, and it's still offered through my union as an apprentice. You know, $500 gets put toward my schooling every year just for signing up with that union. There were plenty of green lights that led me to carpentry in the trades. So what were some of the green lights other than like your your brother and your dad in it and then the union offering some money like was there anything else that kind of was pivotal or were those 
like family support and then, Hey, here's this opportunity. We're pretty much the, the keys. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all of that. And it's little, little hints as I'm growing up, you know, it's helping my dad with this project, that project, the other project, constantly renovating the house with them, helping my brother fix up his house. I mean, anything that needed to be done, um, I had to be there and helping. And so all of those skills just started to pile up. And here was some a place that I could use those skills and earn a living uh, while I was kind of finding my way as a young adult. Yeah. So what has your experience been as a woman in the trades? Like some people are like, hey, it's been clear sailing. It's been really positive. Other people have had some a little bit of like a horror story experience here or there and then navigated their way through it and, and um, sort of advocated for themselves um, and then have been able to bond with other women in trades in different ways. Like, so what is your experience in the service as a whole been as a woman in this field? Yeah, thanks for asking. It's it's actually it's quite an interesting perspective when you are the, you know, the non-traditional gender entering into that field of work and as a 17-year-old woman, well, girl really, I was quite to be working with men my father's age. Um, albeit a boys club, a ton of the men did make me feel more than welcome on the job sites that I worked at. Uh, they they saw that, you know, I had a work ethic, they saw I had a good heart, um, and they gave me a chance, but not everybody does. Uh, through the years of my apprenticeship, I felt every emotion there is to feel at work. I've been angry, upset, bothered, happy, overjoyed, and everything in between. I mean, most folks I've worked with over the years, uh, they treat me with the utmost respect, and there have definitely been a few stragglers that hesitate to accept that a woman half their size and a third of their age could perform could perform like the same laborious tasks with enthusiastic energy and a smile on her face. Um, through the four years I went to trade school, there were less than five women in total that attended class alongside me. Each site that I went to, I could normally count on one hand the number of women, either trades or laborers that were on site with me, you know, discounting the women that were working in the office. Yeah. Um, yeah, times are in the process of changing, as we know, but from an early age, I've gotten used to being the token female. I mean, I even grew up playing hockey with the boys. Uh, so <laughs> so you've, got, you've got a lot of background and skill navigating sort of a, a male-dominated. Yeah, I like to generalize that men are quite similar from zero to 100, but that's just a joke because in all seriousness, we can't really generalize genders that way. Um but over and over, you know, I, I enter a room as someone who's different from the rest. And because of that, I've had to prove my value on every team I've become a part of over and over again. And the bias folks um, have about women in the workplace, they're still alive and well. And each new crew that I've been introduced to has required me to pull myself out, myself up by the bootstraps and work twice as hard as my colleagues in order to be taken seriously. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if this is your experience, but it was for me uh that you know like you're saying like that work ethic and then the, the proof is in the skill so it it's a great equalizer once people realize that oh you know you've you've got the chops to do this job all of a sudden the respect you can you can feel it there's like a shift in how people perceive you mm -hmm. and some of those you know maybe negative narratives start changing and it's almost an opportunity to um help people to grow in their own way and to have their own mindset shifted for like the next woman who comes in and the next woman who comes in or the next person who looks slightly different or, you know, identifies in a different way. Like 
to to get out of your own lane and, and see things from a different perspective, I think is, you know, the mantle that we as women wear a little bit. And I don't even know that it's necessarily only trade related. Like oftentimes we have to work twice as hard and be twice as good to get the acknowledgement and recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that in the trades, like skill will win out. You know, like, I, I don't know. Did you, have you found that? Absolutely. Your work uh, speaks for itself. Uh, the the disappointing part about being a woman, though, is that uh, if if I were a 17-year-old man that just shows up on the job site, I'm given a task and I, it's assumed that I'll get it done. Uh, but once I get that task done as a woman, I get a little extra, oh, wow, good for you, you know, or, or even on the street, you know, you tell people, well, what do you do for work? And I say, oh, I'm a carpenter. I, they, I always get the, oh, good for you. But when a man my age says that he's in a trade, people go, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, there's, it's because you're a different gender. People all of a sudden are assuming that well, you might not have what it takes. So it's it's very interesting, that perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so now I want to get into, you know, some of the the career development that you've been doing. And how did you come to sort of have some more focus on the safety side of of things? Like, how did you want to get into the that that part of it? Yeah, because not usually usually people uh, don't just jump right into something like that, or they start with that, right? Um, I always thought, deep down in my heart, as corny as it sounds, that I would be in a position of leadership at some point in my life. Um, As a child, I would make home movies and pretend I was a movie star. I saw myself on TV as a sports news broadcaster. I saw myself as an elementary school teacher. I have a love for public speaking, educating, advocating, and bringing awareness to community for the benefit of those living in it. And when the opportunity came knocking to apply as a health and safety rep for a local contracting company, I didn't want anything to do with it at the start. I, I scoffed at the idea, actually, Brandy. (laughs) <laughs> safety bad rap on the yeah, work and uh i had been at in the past plenty that you know we're here comes a safety person and you receive cold looks you receive eye rolls but something changed inside of me when it was suggested again surprised by my parents that i apply um <laughs> And I did, I did apply. I thought, you know what, I could use my love for public speaking, uh, people and technology in an attempt to become like a safety coordinator that people look forward to having on their site and on their side. I like my phrase to use is, um, I am a safety coordinator with a red seal and carpentry and I am here to help, not hinder. Yes. Okay. So within that, that direction, um, Tell me a little bit more about um, this OHS award that you've just been given. Ah, it's very exciting. I have been named one of OHS Canada's top 25 safety professionals under 40. And uh, I had a couple of amazing colleagues actually nominate me for that. Shout out Wendy and Jasmine. And was told the editors uh, were both impressed with the submission and that I've had an amazing career to date. And, you know, when I step back and um, I'll pump myself up. More oh, women- do it. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I have a lot to be proud of. I mean, I'm I'm only turning 32. Uh, and the, I mean, I have a red seal in carpentry. I had it at 21. Um, that took me to many exciting jobs in BC and Alberta. I have my OHS certs. Uh, I have the play the role of health and safety coordinator, and that's allowed to, me to step into more of a leadership role. That role that I saw myself 
being in. Um, and the committees and groups that I found myself engaged with along the way, um, and that's a driving force for necessary positive cultural change within my community. So it's all kind of coming together in this big package that when I think back to 17-year-old me, I never ever would have thought that I would have accomplished what I have by this age in in the sector that I have accomplished it in. I, I had other dreams for myself, but here I am proving to the world that you can go in a polar opposite direction and with the natural abilities that you have to offer the world, as long as you believe in yourself and you find people that believe in you, you're going to have those gifts come out in ways that they are meant to come out no matter where you are. Absolutely. And it's interesting, like, sometimes we have this idea of maybe where we might want to go, but we don't know exactly what it'll be, but we're just open to whatever happens to, to come in that way. And I think that's the key is just being open to all the opportunities that come your way. You don't have to say yes to every single one of them, but at least just be open to it and not just close the door before you and, you know, understand what that's about. So I love that, you know, in essence, you've manifested this amazing path into this place that you're being able to use a lot of what your skills are and move forward in this leadership position that, you know, obviously you're very well built for. <laughs> I love it. Congratulations on that award. Thank you so much. Uh, now, just rolling back to, you know, into that sort of leadership aspect of things. And I'm wondering, like, what do you see that excites you about any of like movement forward for women in trades? Um, do you see yourself, you know, like you just mentioned advocacy, like, do you see doing anything further with that? And I'm not, I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here with that question, but um, I'm wondering like, you know, cause I've noticed a little bit of a shift for women in trades and you know, there's still a lot more to go, but as a safety officer, are you, when you're going around, are you seeing a bit of a shift there too? Um, somewhat, um, you know, anytime I talk about the women in trades movement, I, I get pretty riled up in the best way. Uh, I always found a way to reach people, uh, with whatever capacity I have to work with and, and kind of with this gift in, in ways I'm able to provide a link between like where culture currently is to where we kind of want to see it going. Um, I'm able to better, better educate people in the position that I'm in now, uh, with the free kind of roam around site, uh, visit all the different crews. I and I can have a, an impact on, on a plethora of crews rather than just being put on one crew as, as say, just a carpenter on the site. Um, at first, when you bring up the topic of women in trades, you know, some folks, they still roll their eyes. Uh, the whole world is too sensitive that you, you hear that kind of spiel, right? Here we go again, and the barriers are established in front of me. But once I start suggesting that the workplace becomes safer, you know, more hygienic and overall a more respectable place to work for everyone, their tune starts to change. All of a sudden, they're not only agreeing that something needs to change, they're suggesting solutions. It, 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 it is about women in trades, but it's because it needs to be about everybody. Yes. Um, we yeah. ask, you know, we need to find ways to have better working conditions, improve the job site culture, uh, increase the number and retention of women in trades. And we tackle this from many perspectives. So I'm part of a diversity and inclusion committee, both at work and in my carpenters union. Um, I chair the one in my carpenters union. I'm the only female member at large for their executive board. Uh, it was a newly created position uh, as of this past season. Um, and a huge advocate for BC Center for Women in Trades. And I also sit on the board of directors for the BC Trades Women's Society. I know you recently interviewed Nicole, who's our president. I love working 
there. I love that whole group of women. I'm beyond thrilled to be part of that group. Um, and we tackle the barriers preventing women from being, you know, retained in the trades through educating the current workforce in the play on the importance of being more than a bystander. And we tackle the barriers preventing women from entering the trades at the elementary school and high school levels. Um, so we're kind of trying to face the different issues in the many facets of light that is presented to us with whatever resources we have. And I think that also just as kind of a side tangent, the internet and opportunities like this, so thank you, allow us to further share our stories and further share our visions. And not only that, but once you start to just tell people, hey, this is the way it's going, or I think this is the way it is, people start to believe it. You might not even have the change you want yet, but if you advertise that that change is coming, they're going to prepare themselves for it, whether they know it or not. Yeah, yeah. So I I love, uh, I mean, and almost every guest I've had on has talked about, yeah, we want to make workplace better for women, but a rising tide floats all boats. So it's not just going to be a better place for women. It's going to be a better place for everybody. And almost every guest has, has you know, talked about, yeah, we need this to be better for women. But you know what? The, the, the downstream effect of this is that it's going to be better for everybody. And I think that's a really uh, important thing to note because then it's not only about a women or a specific gender. It really is about everybody. That's right. I think um, the construction culture can use a, a little bit of like an upgrade. We tend to think of construction workers as people that you know, don't have an education and all they are is more brawn than they are brain. And that's not the way it is anymore. And the reason why people say it's so tough to be in construction is because the working conditions are just plain awful and they don't have to be that way. They don't. Well, and everything from, you know, work gear, whether it's, you know, pants and shirts and, you know, harnesses and, and tool belts and all that kind of stuff, it, you know, they're all better made, you know, ergonomically adapted you know for women specifically to have something that fits them properly or even a small statured guy mm -hmm. um, you know like there's all ranges of body types no matter what gender you're in right strongly agree <laughs> yeah for sure so it sounds like you're really starting to go down this path of, of maybe a little bit more speaking and being on different boards and using your voice to like advance women and all um, and I, and I love that. So, um, you know, is there anything that you're just like chomping at the bit to do? Like, is there anything else that you want to like be involved in that you're like, Oh, I'd love to do that. I just haven't got quite got there yet. Honestly, I, I've just been kind of rolling with the punches. As you say, anyone that's open to opportunity is going to reap the benefit and reward of what comes their way. And so, I will continue to advocate for positive environments of support to promote the set success of women in trades through education, leadership, mentorship. I'm gonna focus on my region, my particular region, while working alongside women across Canada, connecting with them, you know, putting on all sorts of um, webinars, seminars, anything we can think of, I'm gonna I'm gonna be willing to do. If you asked me to go once again speak at an uh, energy and ministers mining conference. Um, then I, I, I'll go. I, I did that a few years back in Cranbrook and just spoke to all of the all of the energy ministers in Canada about the changes that need to be done uh, for the benefit of not only you know women in trades, but like you say, for the benefit of of everybody. Um, I don't have a major goal in mind. I don't think I ever will. That's just not who I am as a person. Aside from hey, if I can see that benefiting my community, then I'm going to be a part of that. 
excellent. I mean, there, there doesn't have to be a specific next goal, but like just generally like knowing that you're there and you're going to support when, when something comes up. I mean, not going anywhere. <laughs> to, to be somebody who contributes is a big thing because not everybody does. So thank you for all of the work that you're, you've been doing. Um, now, here's something that's a little bit ironic. You shared with me that you had a recent injury and you're like this health and safety person. So maybe, um, you know, just touch on, on your injury and how that maybe occurred and what you're doing to, you know, navigate that. Um, and, you know, because accidents do happen. And I don't know what the full story is behind it. And, and you, you can totally decline to answer. We'll edit this part out. But, um, but yeah, anyway, just let's roll with that. What happened? Sure. Yeah, it is very ironic that the health and safety coordinator is too injured to access the work site right now. Um, but luckily, I have a great working relationship with my colleagues, and they do whatever it takes to fill me in on information so that I can do my job and help them and not hinder them. Uh, so I've even been on a video call in the field with people recently where they're showing me things while they're on, on the phone. Um, but I don't mind. I don't mind sharing, Brandy. I broke my leg on Father's Day this year playing slow pitch. Contrary to popular belief, slow pitch isn't a very slow sport. I was running full throttle. I'm also slightly competitive. When I decided too late to slide into a base and ended up shattering the uh, head of my fibula, so the fifth plateau, I fully tore my ACL and LCL, partially tore the PCL, biceps, femoris, medial meniscus, and I have substantial soft tissue damage in my ankle. It's a uh, it's quite a mouthful. Go big or go home, right? Oh, man. You do it too. Yeah. Okay. Holy smokes. Yeah. And it's been oh. over two months. Um, and I still can't bear any weight on the leg. So I'm still on crutches. And that's what's uh, preventing me from going onto site. It's just uh, there's too much risk involved at this point in my injury for me to go onto site. Um, but it's interesting because it's my first major injury. And I'm having to relearn patience as I regain strength and go through this recovery. Um, it reminds me of when I was an apprentice because you have to learn to walk before you can run. And this is a quite literal rendition of that. And there are good days and there are bad days. And one thing is certain, you have to put the work in if you want to own the skills. And in my case, uh, walking is my next skill that I'd like to own. Well, I'm sorry to know that you hurt yourself and I'm glad it wasn't like job related. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> But, you know, something that you just noted in there was that I mean, you are being supported in your workplace and there are some, maybe a little bit, a few modifications being made to allow you to still do your job. And I think that's a really commendable thing, no matter what job you have. And especially in this sector where, you know, it, a lot of it is tool related and sometimes there are things that can be accommodated and in your case, being a, a safety officer, like obviously you can't like run around and sighting up ladders and all that kind of thing. Um, but I, I just love that, you know, there has been, the ability for you to still do your job and that there has been a modification um, that was enacted. I think that's fabulous. Yeah, I do too. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to continue work full time right now. Even, even though I'm laid up, uh, it gives me a sense of purpose every day. Oh yeah. Well, it's part of your routine of your day and the flow of what your life is like and you know, all that kind of thing. So that's excellent. Um, so let's just roll back around to um, this women in trades and maybe what we would, um, I guess, say to them or share with them if they're considering working in the trades, because we're kind of coming to the 
the end of the questions that I had in mind anyway. And I always like to try and, and put out something, I don't know, just inspirational or like, you know, just wisdom because we've been around in the, in the field for a long, long time. So what would you say to someone, a woman who's considering the trades or any other person, but you know, specifically we're talking about women here. So what would you, what would you say to them? Would you encourage it? Obviously I'm thinking that you would, but you know, maybe just let it rip. What would we say to women who are considering working in the trades? Well, um, I'd say there are so many resources available these days for anyone who even wants to try a trade. So I would say check out a sampler program if you're not sure what trade's best for you. If a program like that isn't available to you, reach out to a friend who works in the trades and take them out for coffee and pick their brain. Um, next time you're out walking and you see a construction site, stop and observe the different trades while they work. Uh, once you pick a direction, find your support system because uh, you're now on a journey. And these days you can find all the support available with the click of a mouse or tap of a finger. And that was not available to me even 10 years ago when I was an apprentice. A great artist, the BC Center for Women in the Trades website, so bccwit.ca. I'm sure Brandy will link it for you in the notes. Yep. A Facebook account, you can join the BC Women in Trades group where thousands of tradies have already found their stride and, and they post questions and queries daily, like where do I find Carhartts that fit me? Or has anyone tried XYZ when renovating ABC or using tool DEF? It's a wonderful forum uh, to be involved with. Women share stories of hope, horror, everything in between. It's really about finding community to lean on because you aren't guaranteed to find a work bestie at every job site you visit. So if yeah. you see that needs a buddy, be brave and say hi to them. Um, but the journey is full of ups and downs and nobody should have to go through the joys, triumphs, and sometimes the occasional failure all alone. So if you're going to join a trade, find a support system and you're going to be well on your way. Yeah, that's great advice. So um, I always like to try and, and finish off the show with, I don't know, some levity, I guess. And sometimes it can get pretty heavy. Um, so I just throwing out there, putting you on the spot a little bit. What's your favorite carpentry joke? There's like a gajillion of them out there. And if you don't have one off the top of your head, I know one that I'm going to say, but. Well, we, yeah. we can joke. The one that comes to mind is how do you torture a carpenter? How do you, how do you torture a carpenter? Carelessly rip out their nails. Uh, 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 uh. So the one, the one I like is, um, what is a carpenter's favorite band? Nine Inch Nails. Oh, not this carpenter. <laughs> uh, and I always like to ask people, what's your favorite tool and why? Okay, so I'm going to have to go with my 14-inch lightweight stiletto hammer, titanium head. Easy on the elbows, even easier on the eyes. And it was <laughs> by my family when I started my apprenticeship. So there's some scented value value there as well plus stiletto is also a category of footwear that traditionally only women wear and i like my lucky hammer and i don't wear my tool pouch without it that's awesome i love it all right well gabrielle thanks so much for chatting with me today this has been fantastic um i'm so excited to see what comes next for you and for those of you who are, who are listening thank you very much i appreciate it be sure to check out all of our other episodes in this and all of our other series. Uh, and until next time, swing those hammers, those stiletto hammers, and keep being badass at whatever career you're in.
Thanks for listening. And I hope you feel as inspired as I do. If you or someone you know has interest in the trades, there are many resources, many programs and supports. There's also a ton of women's groups out there specifically for those who are in the trades. We'll list a number of them in the show notes, but be sure to reach out if you're having challenges finding some in your area. We're all in this together after all, and we're happy to help in any way we can. 